Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Earspace. Happy Monday to you. On today's podcast, we get to know Lyrican. He is a MC, a graphic designer, and all around a pretty awesome dude. Um, I really enjoyed getting to know him a bit more today. Um, I'm sure you guys will as well. The song used on this episode is called Know My Name. It's by Lyrican, and there'll be a link in the description to listen to more of his music. Definitely go check out rock10productions.com. That's R-O-K, the number 10, productions.com. If you're looking for any mixing, mastering, or recording time. And we just put out a new beat pack. It's called the Soul Foods Pack. It's 25 kind of old school boom bap inspired instrumentals. And uh, you can buy them all in uh, in a bundle rather than spending a ton of money getting them individually. Although, if you wanted to, you could pick and choose and get get some of them individually as well. But yeah, with all that being said, uh, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation today. Yeah. You might know my face, but you don't know the brain that lives right behind it. Sometimes I even get lost inside it when I'm in private. Sometimes I scare myself if I get silent, but I'm sure you probably hear enough. But I don't even care enough to even give a fuck enough to try to clear it up. Hit the clutch, best believe they call that me I've been enough to say Mr. Tazan. Normal people would just call me Anthony. What's up, man? Nice to meet you, dude. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Good. It's fucking cold outside. It's not cold too bad in here. Uh, so how's your day going? It's going pretty good. Woke up early. My wife had me doing some Christmas lights, you know, yeah. doing the family thing early. Word. How long y'all been married? Uh, nine years. Damn, dude. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, you know. How'd you meet? Uh, she used to be a bartender, and uh, I actually was hosting a party there Yeah. with my uh, good friend TJ Griffin. Okay, cool. Um, we brought down Getty... Noriega and Capone Dope uh, She just happened to be bartending there And at first I was shy You know I, you know what I mean Yeah. Every person at the bar was hitting on her Yeah. And I just waited my time Just waited my time And eventually we got We hooked up and You know It was instant connection So That's awesome man You got kids? We got two daughters Dope, Dope. And the crazy thing is We all share January birthdays Oh um, January 6th Between January 11th 12th and 13th, or excuse me, 10th, 11th, and 13th. Yeah. It's my wife and my daughter's. Damn. (laughs) So after Christmas, too, on top of it. I hate Christmas and I hate January. Yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, my my birthday's coming up here. It's actually next week. Oh, well. December 16th. Happy early birthday. Thank you, dude. I'm going to be 27. You make me feel old. How old are you? 36. Hey, man. No worries. I've been, I've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, where, like, where are you from and shit? You from I'm from here? Lancaster. Cool. Uh, born and raised here. Yeah. Um, you know, good old Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. As the young kids call it, Lank Lank. Yeah, right. <laughs> lank Lank and fucking uh, the Lums, which is nearby. 7 oh, 1. I've heard so many. They're from 7 17. Yeah. There used to be a, um, like, a promotion company years ago called 7 17 that would do these, like, Raves and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Long yeah. time ago, back in like the fire hall, dance fire hall days. party era. Were you I, ever like? I, I did a few of those. Shit? Yeah, I used to DJ at one okay. point. Don't know. Me too. Um, I had the Technique twelve hundreds. I used to Sick. carry records. Sick. And 
then my cousin actually started DJing more than I did because I like the hosting part. Yeah, yeah. Then the hosting turned into, oh, if I rhyme a little bit, these girls may think I'm sexy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I went from DJing to being a rapper just because it worked. the chemistry with me and my cousin yeah. worked so well. So we did all the school dances. We yeah. did all the house parties. Yeah. We did the fire halls. We did uh, up in uh, Willow Street. Okay. There's a fire hall right by past the Kmart. There's a fire hall. We used to do parties every like two months there. Gotcha, gotcha. Dude, the fire hall fucking wave was uh, was dope. Yeah, I, I, I miss. I don't necessarily miss like it as a whole, but I miss like the enthusiasm of like the DIY like fire hall show. Scene, I liked it because you know I mean? think people enjoyed them more than going to the actual club. Yeah, because. You already know who's going to be there. True, true. So you know you got sexy just to go out there because you know that one chick was there. <laughs> and you were like, you yeah. know what? I'm going to be fly. Yeah. So Especially you- just like that accessibility too. I mean, when I was going to those kind of shows and, and my brief stint of hosting them and whatnot, it, I just wasn't old enough to go to clubs and shit. Yeah. So you know what I mean? There was no Rick's Place at that yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And I went to Rick's Place one time and I remember they played... Uh, they played whatever music they played, but there was this like one song, uh, "Sandstorm," that they like ended the night with, yeah. and everyone was just jumping up and down, sober bros. There was a bowl of like gum. Someone had like it was a birthday party. It was a weird random memory. It was when like uh, gum was like a thing. Do you chew gum at all? Uh, I'm more of a mint man. Yeah, I have. I like gum, but it's very gum loses its flavor. Really I feel like fast. gum just like. Isn't a thing anymore. Nah, it's weird. Yeah, do you see that? What was the movie? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's the Wood. The movie's called The Wood, and at the beginning of the movie, they're taking their homie, who's never been out to the club or never been to a school dance. Yeah, and they're explaining him the difference between gum, Tic Tacs, and mints. <laughs> <laughs> and Damn, I gotta check it out. I rewatched so, it the other yeah. day. Um, and I'm like, yo, that's still so relevant to this day. Because yeah. when you're talking to a shorty, you don't want that big piece of hunk and gum yeah, right, in your mouth. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and you don't want that fruity smelling Tic Tac in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yo, that logic is so relevant to these yeah, days if yeah. you're out trying to bag something. Right, right. Damn, mints, gum. See, I think your Rick's Play story, I have a one Rick's Play story. Yeah. And it lasts about 15 minutes. No shit, what was it? I walked in. Said hi to everybody, and they played the percolator. How old were you, just real quick? At this the time? was 15. Okay, gotcha. So I get in, go through the whole ritual, say hi to everybody, and they started playing percolator. Yeah. And I remember I started dancing, and then out of nowhere, somebody was mad because I was dancing with the shorty. Yeah, yeah. Big fight broke out. Oh, uh, no. And I don't remember because I swung once yeah and i ended up side because the big bouncer dude took yeah. me out yeah yeah and it ended up being a bigger rumble in there and i'm outside like i missed the rumble yeah right <laughs> i was kind of pissed off that i missed the rumble yeah but i just went home yeah damn yeah that's never been there since yeah yeah so i think it's still like i mean i don't know with covid and all that other shit but I think they're still doing stuff. I, don't I know. think they try to revive it not so long ago and make yeah. it a college spot. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, you know, that disappeared. 
Right. I think right. this whole COVID thing destroyed the club scene. In I feel like it, it, it destroyed like the already dying club scene in Lancaster. My opinion. Well, I mean, look, it took took down the giant of the chameleon. Yeah. Which just fucking sucks. Well, when I but, when I know. talked to them, they said that they're opening a bigger venue just yeah. for concerts alone. Yeah. They're not yeah. doing the club scene anymore. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah. that place was legendary. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I'm sure I've ter- told it on the podcast before, but for you. Um, you know, in, in growing up in Lancaster or whatever, being involved in music, you're like, yo, someday I'm going to play the Chameleon Club. Like, mm-hmm. that'd be dope. You know, like one of the first shows I ever went to is there, you know what I mean? Like, saw headlining acts there and was like, yo, this is crazy, whatever. So, uh, long story short, I fucking, I'm in this metal band. We get to play there. Super stoked. Did really well on our ticket sales. Everything's great. I'm dating this girl at the time. She's stoked. She's there. Um, and she wanted me to like grab something from her car or some shit right when our set was over. So I walked outside and a bird shit on my head. <laughs> and birds, ne- I've never been shit on by a bird before. But it was like in that height of moment of being like, I just played the Chameleon Club, Cloud Nine, whatever. Walked outside, bird shits on my head. It was a very humbling experience. Well, they like say bird shits on your head is supposed to be good luck. They say that. I don't see how it's good <laughs> luck. I guess they're just trying to make, you know what I mean, yeah. the best of a bad situation. Right. That's like the whole if it rains on your wedding yeah, type right, thing. Yeah, right, Hey, so, man. It happened. I performed at the Chameleons a few times. Yeah. Just a good environment yeah. over there. So, so like what, speaking on kind of like the music stuff, I definitely want to delve into that a little bit. All right. But... When you performed at the Chameleon, what were you? You were rapping. Yeah, dope. Okay, true. Um, true MC. Um, I'm big on early '80s hip hop. Sweet. Um, early '90s yeah. is dope to me. Um, I like the newer music, but it's not what I'm going to spit. Gotcha. You, you gotcha. dig what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. know. I know my boundaries. Like I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna try to step out of my. Yeah. Because I don't like to force any. I'm more of an organic okay. type MC. I feel like it's starting to swing back around a bit, a as ba- it does yeah. with everything. Fashion, fucking art in general is like on this like cycle, you know. Yeah. But I feel like more. We had like the big pop in the fucking. Don't hate me for saying it, but like the mumble rap idea of whatever you want to like yeah. label that as, you know what I mean? And now you're starting to see like a lot more artists emerging with like a lot more heavy lyrical content, but it's in the framework of like modern production being oh, yeah. like just extremely fucking loud and you know yeah fatty yeah, i mean you got the way. i mean you got the coles and kendrick's yeah i mean royce the five nine is probably one of my favorite rappers right dope, now dope. um m is always gonna be m no yeah. matter what era he's gonna be in he'll yeah. be him but i just like the fact that most of the newer generations the only bond they have with the older generation besides it's hip-hop yeah is they're just so unapologetically them yeah like they're just them and they're gonna do whatever they want to do yeah definitely. that's my favorite part about the music definitely. even though i it's just not for me you, you dig what i'm saying yeah i can sure. respect it for sure i just got lost in this uh because i've been like very my bread and butter of like what i love to listen to when i'm not here and and whatever is like old school type of vibes, like chill vibes, fucking like Nas, like fucking. Uh, That's my uh, route, much more for me. He's number one. Yeah, like fucking. Uh, Slick Rick whole, is yeah, number Slick two. Slick Rick's to me. fire. Yeah, um, I got to open up for Slick Rick. No shit, dude. Tell me, how, tell me how that went. He's number two to me. Like yeah. he's when I first fell in love with hip hop, it was Slick Rick. Yeah, and 
I actually, my movement of being lyric in, I met with Mr. Tony Raw. He's a DJ, and we started a group called LR, which okay. most of our stuff was renditions of old school party hip hop. Gotcha. I redid a Slick Rick song mm. called, and we called it Twenty Eighties, and that hit, and it hit so much that when I performed it, he was across watching, and he was just, "That's so cool, dude." He just nodded his head, like bouncing to it, and just the fact that I was able to see that, yeah, I was like, nobody can tell me anything else in the world, yeah, yeah, like, and. I got to shake his hand and I talked to him for me. Very humble guy. Yeah, yeah. Very, very humble guy. And then I got to see him perform and, you know, he ain't lose a step. Yeah. One bit. That's he's, awesome. He's dope. That's awesome. Damn, dude. I so, love I love huh. doing the old school stuff. Like, I did, right at the, uh, the village, I did Sugar Hill twice. No shit. Bro, that's fucking great. I got, uh, Sugar Hill's funny. I have in these records... Ironically, there's like three or four copies of the same Sugar Hill record that are. I try to like keep them in the same spot because this is not organized at all. I just like I don't sample from vinyl anymore because of like legal fucking kerfuffles I've found myself in. I mostly just like when I'm cleaning or whatever, I'll grab a record and listen. Or if I come here and hang out or whatever, there's nothing like the sound um, of a record though. No, not at all. Not at all. Not many people have. I, I'm surprised they started selling records again. Yeah. There was a big, like, uptick. I think I, I remember reading a couple years ago that, like, um, I don't know, the fucking statistics on, like, record sales all of a sudden, like, went from, like, zero to, like, they were opening new plants and shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, you remember um, Technique 1200s when they're out of business. Yeah. And then that whole surge of vinyl, yeah. somebody bought that company oh, and no started shit. rebuilding I'm them. I'm not hip. And I went to Walmart the other day, and they're selling vinyl records. I'm like, yeah. that's dope. Damn it, Walmart too. I'm a big fan of like the the bargain bins and like uh, like Mister Suits's fucking uh, yeah, like sixty nine cent boxes. Sometimes I'll just go in there and just grab a handful, won't even look at it, and just be like, you'd be surprised what, what get, you find. You know what I mean? Yeah, things. yeah. Like all ninety percent of these, there's probably like, I don't know, I've probably individually purchased like. Maybe like twelve records, and then a bunch of them I got from my aunt. A bunch of like classic Americana, old school rock and roll and shit. But then most of them, um, there was a, a yard sale. A buddy of mine called me and was like, "Hey man, I just drove past this yard sale and they got crates of records for fucking like four or five dollars a crate." What? And I was like, "Dude, buy all of them. I'll be there as soon as I can." You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we got like twelve crates of records Dope. for I don't know how much money it was, but do the math, you know. Um, and through that, there was a whole bunch of like great, um, you know, old hip hop stuff I haven't heard of, um, you know, Motown, like all this stuff, all this like really good, like sampling type stuff. Where uh-huh. I was like, where, did, what was the backstory behind this? And turns out the yard sale, it was a producer that went to jail and his sister was selling all of his records uh. for whatever the fuck reason. They also had like. So, uh, there was like an NPC there, but it was all fucked up and some other shit. Well, um, it's dope that a producer so, went to jail and another producer got yeah, it. So, yeah. so shout went. out to him wherever he's at. I'm so, hoping someday he doesn't hear this podcast and he's like, yo, I need all my records back. I need back. my records back, yo. Yeah, I don't know who he was. I don't know where the you know the address or whatever, but somewhere around that. That's great. That's great. Yeah. But I'm glad I'm looking at this wall of records and I see 
album cleaner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> you know how yeah. he, in an old blunt box. Too. Yeah, you know how many people I see. Oh, I got this nice record collection. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, where's the cleaner? Yeah, yeah. You know who? Um, you ever meet DJ Image? Vinny. Yes. Sure. His record collection, when he had a record collection, was by far the craziest collection I've ever seen. Really? His collection went in order of BPM. Oh, that's crazy. And he sat there and he all he would all he had to do was take a record and he yeah, would just no, pull records yeah. out and they would automatically yeah. blend together. Because he sat there and just tracked everything. And I'm Respect like Respect to that. <clears throat> I mean, that's probably why he's probably one of the greatest yeah. DJs this state has ever seen. Yeah. You know what I, th- I think about it? I don't I don't actually meet him, but I talk to him. Him and I and a bunch of other people were on this um, beat tape that came out a couple months back called the Keystone Classics. It was like DJ Image, DJ Salinger, Ralph Washington, Ralph Bruce Real. Banner, Ralph Real. That's my guy. Um, a couple other people. Uh, Ralph Real is a Ralph Real is a he's a beautiful really soul. great friend really great friend of mine. Yeah. We we did a few hit records together. Hell yeah! But his mind, yeah. I think he's just the black version of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta listen to his. I had him on the podcast. You can listen to him. Yeah, and fucking talk about it and shit. Yeah, he's he's cool, cool Do, dude. Those two think in color. Yeah, I, I swear. Yeah. They think in color and just like matrix. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like I, I always feel like I mean it's like one of my biggest motivational factors is like my whole life, regardless of whether I was like in on whatever scene it was, I've always felt like an outsider for whatever reason. Like that yeah. imposter like syndrome, you know what I mean? But when I sit down and talk to like guys like like Ralph or Adam and shit, I'm like, Oh fuck, like just your mind is like yeah. Just elsewhere, you know what I mean. Like we could sit down and like make a thing together, and it's it's cool. But then it's also like, fuck, dude. Like your ideas are just like it's crazy. So creative. I've worked with Ralph so many times on music in general. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to see. Sometimes I just sit back and just watch him create. Yeah. I was like, I'm not even writing. I'm just watching him create. Yeah. And it's just watching like our version of Beethoven create. It's just magnificent. Yeah. Dude. So. Like what was uh we take it back back into the early stages here. What was like the first song that you heard um that made you feel something? Lottie Dottie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lottie Dottie was one yeah. of the first records that I've heard that made me fall in love with it. like I grew up um being Puerto Rican, I grew up listening to you know what I mean the okay. Spanish music. Yeah, yeah. But my mother, she loved freestyle music, Stevie B, Little mm. Susie. So I grew up on that. But yeah. then, like, I, I mean, that's that's a part of me. But then one day I heard the Lottie Dottie, and I was like, Oh yeah. shit! What is this? What is this? And it just kept going, and I'm just like, I need to be a part of this, right? This right here, right? And then a few weeks later. And it's funny because I told this to her not too long ago. My cousin Jocelyn, she introduced me to Mo Thugs. Okay. Remember when Bone Thugs and Harmony had that yeah, bigger yeah. group? Okay. We had she had it on cassette. Yeah. Not many people remember what cassettes were. Yeah, right. So and then I just I just kept hearing different types of hip hop. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I just went out and just Dived found in. everything that I could find Head on first. this hip hop. 
I went to Park City when they, when they used to have the wall. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, the yeah, wall? Yeah. Dude, vaguely, vaguely. They're was the ones it, that used like... these. As long as you had the wall sticker, they would replace your CD if it was scratched. Okay. Yeah. Vague memories. Yeah. They. I used to buy a lot of CDs then. Yeah. What What do you think happened to like cassettes? Like I see a lot of punk bands and shit these days, like selling cassettes. Somebody gave the, me a cassette recently, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a cassette player. I got a record player. I, don't, I have a CD player in my car. I don't have. I don't even have a disc drive on my computer anymore. You know what I mean? But like a cassette player. I, I think it was more the durability of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because how many times would they get chewed up? True, true. CDs was the same thing, I believe. Yeah. And what was the one that they tried to push before MP3s? Uh, the mini disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have those on. Um, didn't fucking uh, what's it called? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Don't remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> so many different kinds of music. I'm I'm trying to currently like push every artist that I work with to not even send them any MP3s. I hate MP3s. What is your feeling on MP3s, MP3s versus like waves or not like flax and shit like that? Nobody even coming from. A producer standpoint, like yeah. cause when I used to make beats and mix and master music, yeah, I would always put everything in waves. Yeah, but if it comes to like a iPod or your phone, I would yeah. convert it to MP3 because yeah. of the uh, amount of music that you can fit on the song. Right, right, on right. A, but I mean, for mostly like for what happens to me a lot is like I'll send an MP3 version and a wave version of whatever I do to whoever to be like, if you need to text your buddy this song to show it to him or whatever, send the MP3 because you can send it over text. Yeah. But like when you go to upload it, upload the wave. I always upload waves, yeah. And like for whatever reason, a lot of people are like, I, I don't care. And I'm like, but you need to fucking care. It's the quality. <laughs> it's not, that it's like, you know, the thing that sucks so bad is like you get a, you know, I'm sure you've been in these like studios as well where you have some like crazy awesome vintage fucking board and like you're recording out of some like dumb fucking telefunken whatever the fuck from forever ago into this whatever the fuck you know what I mean Over and it's all on beautiful you know oh, so crazy real to real and then you like look at it all you look at the chain and then it ends up on like somebody's like broken iPhone speaker and they're listening to it like outside and it's windy or some shit yeah. you know what I mean but I've heard like songs that were produced in great manner of detail. I try to do my best, you know what I mean? And then knowing that the end product is going to someone's going to listen to it on their phone. <laughs> you know, I, and it's like, it's all it's I mean to people who actually care about music, you yeah, understand. Yeah. People who are just casual listeners. Yeah. Like they're not going to care. They just all right, the beats pumping and we're yeah. good. People who actually make the music, all right, that's an eight oh eight mixed with a nine oh nine and yeah. a six oh six snare yeah. with it with a certain hi hat. Right, right, this right. pan, this is pan left and this is yeah. pan right. Right. Yeah, I mean with a reverb that reverb is like we yeah. see it different. Yeah. Than normal people. Right, right, right. True. I guess at the end so of like, the day, like I like to make my music for those people, and everyone yeah. else will just follow suit. You, know you, you you make it for those people, but you make it the way you make it. Yeah. True, so. True. That's like when I when I do uh, graphic design, I'm making a cover. I'm yeah. making it the way I do it, but I got to make it with their vision in true, mind. So true, true, true. I'm gonna do it the way I do it, no matter what. Gotcha, gotcha. What do you think about like? Uh, <clears throat> it's a weird topic. I I think I 
I talked about it a couple times with a couple different engineers and artists and whatnot. Like, what do you think about the concept of like mixing for the phone where like you end up with these, like there's this like wave of all of a sudden, like songs are being like over compressed and shit, or like you'll have a mix that doesn't translate as well because people are just specifically trying to mix it like for the phone listener. Like I don't necessarily run into that with with my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So I try to find that that sweet balance or whatever. But I've definitely had people send me tracks before and and heard songs where it's like, okay, like it really really sounds like you can like really make it all out here on this phone. And then I plug it into my my car or onto a larger system, and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this song? You know, well, I mean? that's your difference between like five guys at McDonald's. Yeah, true. I guess. It's okay because. Most of those people listen to that way, but nowadays, if you don't have a Bluetooth speaker in your house where you can actually listen to a good quality piece of music, yeah, then why are you in music? Like, right, right, right. Most people need, if you, especially if you're a musician, you need to invest into your sound more. Right. I would rather my stuff sound beautifully. Yeah, I mean, because then if you have it on 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 a speaker or in a car that's nicely sounded, yeah. You wanted to. You don't want to walk around in everybody's ear. Here, listen to my my record right, on an right, iPhone. Right. True. Yeah, you know I mean, I see what you're saying. So I'd rather have the good flavor. Sorry. Instead of the bland McDonald meat. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> Put some adobo on it. <laughs> so, let's see here. Where are we at in the in the storyline, so to speak? So you fall in love with Lottie Dottie. Start listening to music on cassettes, buy all the CDs and shit. When did you start like writing in in that time frame? Um, ironically enough, my uh, great grandmother's passing. Okay, I wrote my first verse then. Yeah. Um, I used to write poetry. Yeah. Um, as probably almost everybody in the world has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, she passed away, and I couldn't figure out how to express myself. So I remember a beat came on, and then I just started rhyming to the beat, and then I would just keep playing the beat, keep yeah. playing. You know what I mean, and then yeah, I would yeah. write. I don't know what that piece of paper exists because I put it with my grandmother when she was buried. Gotcha. But I, I know for a fact that's when I first wrote. Yeah. My first song. <laughs> um. It was called "The Underestimated." It was a. I think a ninety-two bar, no hook. Yeah. No, I didn't know any structure at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would just, I went crazy nonsense, not knowing. Yeah. I thought it was just bar after bar after bar after bar after bar. Right. And it was probably pure ass, but hey, man, it can be bars for <laughs> bars. You can do it. So, yeah, I remember it was probably around fifteen, sixteen-ish, right gotcha. there. Gotcha. Yeah. Dope, dude. Dope. Very cool. Hmm. Music. It's fucking weird, man. Music takes you on on magnificent and horrible journeys at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I remember performing for ten people versus, and then I remember performing for thousands of people. Like yeah. it's. It is just crazy, and now when I perform, I like the smaller crowds because it's more intimate. Mm. Like when I do Telus or yeah. something like that, it's more of an intimate. But then every once in a while, you want that big, yeah, that pop from the audience. Yeah. 
do you, uh, in York, I teamed up with a, uh, I don't know if you heard of them, Smash Radio out in York. No, I'm not hip. DJ, yeah, it was DJ Smash and DJ Assassin and uh, DJ Knowledge, DJ Excel. They had this little radio station in York, York okay. College. Yeah. They ran the Lux Lounge. They would do a lot of the parties at Lux. Okay. And they brought, like, Tony Sunshine down. They brought uh, uh, Ron Brown. They okay. brought, like, a lot of art, like, a lot of C&B list artists that weren't the big hitters. Yeah. And sometimes it would be amazing. Sometimes it would be crickets. And you definitely learn about yourself when you have to perform for 10 people the yeah. same way you perform for 50 people. Yeah, I learned that the I learned that the hard way. I fucking one of the first times I was playing on like an actual card. Uh I want to say an actual card. It was like it was a whole fucked up scenario. There was like the promoter was basically just doing the whole thing to sell like ecstasy and shit and like the venue like <laughs> the fucking like when I say like that it was the first time I had worked with this like company that was like I was DJing with this other guy and up until that point, we were just doing everything by ourselves. But then these guys came along and they're like, here's a bunch of money. Go do this for whatever. We'll get you guys merch. We'll do all this other shit, like whatever, whatever. Um, we'll put you on these shows. And we did a couple little things for them. But then there was this big show coming and we had this fucking, uh, this was all within like the world of like, it's been like dubstep kind of thing was going on and all that kind of shit. I think, I um, think I may know who you're talking about. Yeah. And the one, the one guy that was the, yeah, I don't know. I want to get too specific about it. I think I may know you. Well, well, I'll, like I'll change, ask you off air. Yeah, like I had to change his name or some shit or whatever. I don't know. But uh, the fucking, yeah, the venue, like everything was like going well and shit. And then like a week before the show, like the venue that we were going to do it at was at the, what was at the time the Brunswick, uh, like canceled. But they had booked us hotel rooms there and shit. And then they moved the show to some, like, weird fire hall in the middle of, like, nowhere that actually had, like, a decent space capacity, but it was, like, last minute, everything changed, you know? Oh, man. Uh, I hate those. And there was, like, there was people there, but they weren't there, and we were supposed to open, and me and this guy had, like, gotten, we were, I was so young, I was probably, like, I mean, relatively speaking, I was probably, like, 19 or 20 and i was like yo like we're doing all this shit and like we got the people are paying us like a decent amount of money and they got us like vip shit and whatever the fuck like fuck this like there's nobody here like we just won't play until people <laughs> show up <laughs> but like we didn't know that there was like a whole bunch of people there they were just like outside so like the it was a whole i mean this is kind of like inside baseball shit janky like, promoters it was bad bro it was a bad it was, i fucked up they fucked up everything fucked up great fucking night though i had yeah. mad fun um, I had a few of those nights. Yeah, we had a guy. Um, at that point, it was called the Ab Ablib Lounge. I think it was called. I've heard of that Ablib. And now I think it's like the Arabian Nights or something right now. Okay, yeah. But this guy threw a party. I'm trying to remember what his name was, but it's this weird guy that you would never, never in your life think that would be a hip hop head. Yeah, throws his party. Yeah. He's like, all right. I got a DJ, I got this, I got that, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Brought all these acts, asking me if I needed if I knew more acts. Like we had I swear to God it was like a Woodstock yeah. for like 
20 acts. Yeah, yeah. He goes, ah, I'm going to pay each act 100 bucks to perform. They, yeah. No matter what size their group is, they're going to get 100 bucks. Yeah. At least that'll pay for this, this, that, and the third. Right. Yo, there was maybe 200 people there, which in that building looked huge. Yeah. When it was when it was time to pay everybody, nobody could find the dude. Yeah, dipped. He dipped. Yeah, didn't pay the DJ. Oof. Didn't pay the facility. Oh, didn't pay nothing. Didn't even pay the spot. I remember Damn. they like I brought I brought my homie to to be a photographer, and but the photographer boy called me because he saw him skate. Yeah. He's at the dude's house. Oh shit! <laughs> so I go over there. So, and I'm talking to the boy. He's like, "Yeah, we didn't make enough money." I was like, "Well, why don't you just tell people?" Yeah, right, right. Like, don't be a ass. Right. <sighs> I feel like promoters get like a really, like I've worked with some great promoters. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And there's some some in the city, especially that have been very helpful with things and whatnot. Um. But like just in general, promoters get such a bad rap because like there's so many promoters that have fucked people so hard. Yeah. That I it's agree. like you gotta go into anything with like open mind and be like, whatever. Obviously look out for obvious telltale signs. It's to the point where <laughs> if I don't know you or if I don't know yeah. somebody that knows you personally, yeah, I usually won't go. Yeah. Unless if I have a contract. Yeah. Yeah, see I I've moved away. This was all years ago. I don't really perform live with anything anymore or do any like events or anything like that i've been thinking about you know ironically now that everything's shut the fuck down the beginning of this year i was thinking about putting together like a live thing somehow or another i actually the crazy thing is i was in conversation with um good great friend of mine dj edge okay and we were talking about doing something at telus yeah I love to all digital concert that helps like raise money. Um, we were thinking about helping independent businesses, some type of something we can give to somebody who business that's yeah. maybe can need a yeah yeah some extra love. Uh, somebody brought up um like a humane league mm-hmm. fund too as well. So we're trying to iron it out, but we're gonna have something yeah. in the near future. Dope, dude. That's going to be all digital. We're just trying to figure out how to make it work where the people back at home could hear the quality of the yeah. music and not through like a camera. Yeah, yeah. So we just got to mm-hmm. figure out that. And you just got to get like a, like maybe either like iRig or like the equivalent of. Maybe you should just come and be a there. part of it then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. But yeah, I uh, I watched this like, because uh, you always see like, I, I did this like Instagram live beat battle thing with somebody. And both of our fucking beats, like, like the people in the comments were like, yo, like, b- both y'all, like, I know you guys make cool beats or whatever, but it sounds like ass. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm not recording the actual thing. So I did a quick Google and I actually found this video of uh, 40, um, Drake's guy, talking yeah. about, um, <clears throat> I actually have one in my pocket. Not the real thing, but, like, the iPhone, these cables have... This like jack. This is a horrible podcast material, but like the it's got the three rings or whatever instead of like the TRS or the the um I don't know the mono one or whatever. But 
Yeah, you just got to get one of these if you have an iPhone or an Android or whatever, and then you got another cable that goes into here, and then you can just put that as your output of your uh, interface or your mixer oh, okay. or whatever the fuck. And that way you're sending the line level. It, like, the cable that I'm talking about, you can either make them or you can buy them. But then they also make these, like, things called iRigs, which is, like, a branded thing. I think it's, like, IK Multimedia makes it or something like that. Okay. And it's basically for you to, like, be able to record guitar, like, directly into your phone or re- record a microphone directly into your phone. But you yeah. can obviously patch that through to a mixer or some shit. I want to buy one. Or just make the cable. Yeah. Making it is probably fun. I'm not a big fan. We had, uh, I helped my friend DJ a, uh, a prom once. Yeah. And his power plug went out. <sighs> so we had to get a rig. Some some type of unit to DJ this thing for at least eight hours of because we did the the brunch dinner yeah and then we're like what do you play while people are eating I don't right. think Wu Tang's greatest hits <laughs> <laughs> would work yeah that's interesting man I never thought about that so we're like there's a Target across the street so we ran to the yeah. Target yeah. and bought easy listening music a okay. CD and yeah. then we just put it on loop for while they were eating yeah. And Smart. I was like, it works. Yeah. Background music. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, is. But talking about your beats, yo, that one that you played for your Adam interview. I don't oh, know. Yeah. What, that, Holy shit. That shit that's was fire. Called. You liked it? That shit was fire. Thanks, man. I uh, It actually just came out. Um, so like during the, the initial shutdown quarantine time, I went through all. I'm a very like sporadic beat maker. I'll like I'll have an idea and I'll jot it down basically whether it's just like the drums or the the bass or the whatever whatever. And then if I'm like really into it, I'll finish it then. But 9 times out of 10, I'll make the idea and I'll I'll just move on to something else and I'll like just kind of like dump all of these ideas out and get all these like scratch tracks together and then I put them in a folder. And then I do that perpetually until I come in here and I'm not recording or whatever and I don't have any ideas. And then I go back into that folder and I finish songs. Well, what had happened is like I had been doing that for like four years and then releasing songs here and there or whatever. I did like one month. I released a song every day uh, the whole month. It was already like I wasn't making them each day. I already had them all done. Cause like I don't really I don't fuck with like rushing shit at all. I don't think anyone should. You know? Organicness, yeah. baby, organicness. Right. But I um I had like like five or six hundred beats that were like in various stages of being done in like multiple different like genres, subgenres or whatever of like hip hop beats. Um, so I I put together. I first I organized them all by like subgenre. So I took ones that were like more trap heavy, like uh you know in my mind disagree with me or whatever it's fine my opinion is like you just throw like fucking rolling hi-hats and an 808 on anything like it's you can call it trap music so i was like That's all funny. of the beats that have that those <laughs> sonic elements or whatever i'm yeah. putting them in this folder everything else that's like more like organic based or whatever i'm putting it in this folder right and then there was all this techno music and like house music spattered throughout that because i've been working on this house record for like two years Nice. That has now turned into some fucking nightmare of like hundreds of songs <laughs> that I don't know what to do with and whatever. It's all organized though. Um, so I had these two different uh, groups and I was like, yo, instead of individually releasing these, because take forever, I'll just put them out as beat packs. 
So I put one out a couple months ago called the Strap Pack. That's all like the fucking harder, like fucking trappy stuff or whatever. And then actually, um, we're recording this on, um, what was today? Sunday. Yeah. On Friday, I dropped 25 more beats on the Soul Foods Pack, which includes that beat, Holy Shit. Um, and I didn't advertise it at all because I wanted to see like what my natural, just like nothing yeah. was. And then I made a little post about it today tracking that and then like probably next week i'm gonna actually start like pushing it there's um, a there's thanks, a man. That's, that shit was fire like i was i like like i like i told you before we were on like adam was like secretly one of my idols in graphic design yeah and when that came on i'm like oh shit i appreciate it dude. it was very smooth appreciate it i gotta show you some stuff uh when we when we wrap this up oh yeah i feel like that whole not to like knock them but like those all those songs <clears throat> on the beat packs like all individually stand alone and like you can buy them too like individually or you can buy them yeah. all together uh for non-exclusive leases obviously or not obviously but whatever um but there's this other beat that I made the other day where like normally I'll spend like a couple hours on a track or sometimes it all just comes together like really quick and then the mixing always takes like however long it takes but this track that I made last week you you maybe wouldn't think it if you heard it, but I spent like ten hours on it, mm-hmm. just doing like, and it's very simple, but it sounds simple. But it has like way too many things going on. Like the intro, there's like eight bars that was like, it's like a thing that was resampled and reworked and resampled like I don't know like eighty times or something like that. <laughs> and then when it when you hear it, it's like cool because it was part of this like beat contest where you could only use samples from this pack. But I was like, oh, I don't like how they sound so i want to like completely re re about it do all of it. a lot of my producer friends are same exact way yeah like i just did a friend of mine is getting ready to drop a uh beat tape himself i just actually did the cover remind dope. me to show you it yeah. came out pretty dope yeah yeah but he's more of a um old school boom bap yeah. producer yeah yeah actually not a lot of my producer friends are all boom bap producers and it goes hand in hand, man. You said you like that that oh, yeah. MC style, anyways. Yeah, know? the the one good friend of mine, Tony Raw, he uh, he released a beat tape, but he did it all on analog material, dope, just to see yeah the difference in sound. And then he released another one, which is you know the MP all digital yeah. sounding yeah, VSTs yeah. and all yeah. that. And I'm like, dude, I like the dirtiness of the. Yeah. Well, especially if you're gonna go like boom bap and stuff, yeah. and make it all analog. Like it almost makes. More I mean, sense. It, it all depends on like the mood I get. Because I just released, I released three singles not so long ago, and they're all like more mainstreamish. Like I did a real a song called "Love Her" okay. with Ralph Real. Yeah, and it's probably one of, if not the best records I've ever put out. Uh, romantic type records. Yeah, and I wonder if I heard it when he was here. He sh- he like. Dumped a bunch of songs and was like, "Yo, just like listen to these. These are recent projects I was working on." He, I mean, I don't know. It he has like four hundred and sixty-six thousand nine hundred and forty-seven yeah. oh, songs. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, I don't doubt it, man. And then I just released a song with his. Uh, Ralph Real has a guy that he works with called Aeon. Okay, and um, that guy is on a hold. He's the Puerto Rican version of Ralph Real. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that He's way. He's a producer? He makes beats, yeah. Okay, yeah. And his his actual cousin is my engineer. Oh, dope. So, or excuse me, his brother-in-law is my engineer. Dope. Soilo. Yeah. So I, I record there, but there I released a song with his, with Aeon. Um, it's called Mala. And we just released a remix. Okay. Ralph actually raps on it. Oh, shit. And it has been one of my most successful songs. Dope. That I put out. We were going to shoot a video, and then it got cold. Mala yeah. should be a summer record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, but we got we have some other records in the tuck that we haven't let hit surface yet. That'll Dope. be a summer record. Dope, dude. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's weird about like, I mean, I guess everyone, even if you're like kind of on the outside of it, you hear a song and you're like, this needs to be in the summer. Like, how do you personally define that? It all it all is the vibe. I'm, right. It's all about vibes and 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 the type of record it is. Because um, I released a song called "Nice and Slow," which is the Usher sample. Okay, that was a smooth, cool weather, cold weather. You know what I mean? It's because it's inside. I it's it's all just feeling. I know. I guess it's yeah, weird to say. It's like, how do you describe what a vibe is? And then yeah. I was trying to think about it in my head. I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck I would say. Like, <laughs> the record "Nice and Slow" is like a. It feels cold. Yeah. Like you want to be yeah, yeah, close yeah. with with a female. Yeah. The Mala record is like, you want to be dancing. You yeah. want to be at a poolside. Like gotcha, that's how it made you yeah, feel. Yeah, right, right. And then I release hard records like "Let Them Know," which is was my attempt to do a trap record. Yeah. <laughs> and it actually did very well. Yeah, and you could tell it's a cold record. So I'm in the middle. My music video did, that I shot for it did well. We shot it in the middle of the woods, mm. and then I released a record called No Love, okay. which is probably my most successful music video that I released. Dope. You ever see the, mo- the TV show Dexter? Yeah, we, no, I wasn't like a follower, but yeah, we based the vid- the video on Dexter. Okay, like I'm. Catch the dude in the car, choke yeah, him yeah, up, yeah. take yeah. him, rip his body apart, yeah. and put him in. Yeah, it's pretty. I always graphic. wanted to to, sh- to shoot a video with like gallons of blood. We did. We went and we bought a painted. I was yeah. stained with blood for like yeah, a yeah, week yeah. after this that. music yeah, video. Too. We're sitting there. I'm shooting like the the video guy is here, and I'm supposed to try to stab like this, and he's yeah. the guy behind him is he's like throwing, throwing blood. blood. Out, so, yeah. so I got blood all over my face, and right. then like it's stained. Yeah, and <laughs> ironically enough, the guy that I'm killing in the video is Aeon, yeah. the guy that okay. I did the song with yeah, after yeah, yeah. that. Right. So it, it's but this my circle of like friends that I do music with. There, it's like honor just to watch them do what they do. Yeah. And like whether it's music, or like even when Adam was doing his music, yeah, like it's not my bag, but you can tell the creativityness mm-hmm. of what he's doing, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and then when he puts the face paint on and he becomes yeah. his know, his persona, like I'm like, person. oh, you just put on your Superman cape, didn't you? You about to go in? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just weird to see people transform into. Their different genre of right. who they are. Like when right. you go on right. stage, you yeah. feel different. Yeah, right, 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 right. And then when you're sitting at that table mixing and mastering, yeah. you feel different. Yeah, yeah. That's that organic feeling that I vibes, I man, you. vibes. I feel you. Yeah, dude, vibe, vibes for sure, dude. 
And somebody was on here, or I was talking to somebody recently, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not, but like, everyone always says like vibes, the vibes of the song, and then you like break it down a little bit more, and it's like, yeah, dude, it's the vibrations, and music is a vibration, and sound is a vibration, and like all that other fun stuff. Music is what feelings sound like. Yeah. That's my favorite quote. I love that. Joe Button was one of my favorite rappers of all time, and he has it tattooed on the back of his neck, and I'm like, that's 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. Damn, bro. This is great, dude. I'm loving this conversation, man. Because when you're angry, you want to put them hard snares. Like yeah. Bat, bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then when you feel smooth and you were, you were with wifey and you yeah. just had a great night, you're sitting there, you might turn the lights low, you might yeah. put the black light on. Yeah, right, right, right. And just st- sample some uh, John B. or something. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it's... Uh, light Lighting is really interesting, too. I mean, like... I uh I don't really do any visual stuff. Podcast obviously is not on video. I'm thinking yeah. about doing it you at should. some point or another. But my my thought process is fuck, I'm going to get obsessed with video and then before you know it I'm going to be like shooting music videos for people or some <laughs> shit. Um so a little bit of self-restraint there. I'm going to have to figure that out. Being a graphic um, designer and being a rapper helps me see in different lights like yeah. being a graphic designer you could tell colors and how they create moods. Right, right, like okay. you, you could tell that like you have no real bright colors in in your yeah. studio. Yeah, yeah. It's real mellow. It's real cool. Yeah. Oh, here, let me. Uh, I'll add to it. Continue. Oh, <laughs> he's about to set the mood, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's going down. Now. And it's just like, uh, but when you're out promoting, you want to use bright colors because that's what draws your attention. So, like so if you see yeah, if you see like the red, you get all oh, see. Oh. This is smooth. Like the, this is the chill vibes. Yeah. Get the diffuser on. Oh, my wife my wife has it. that same exact one and she loves that it's thing. Great. It's great. She she makes me buy her hundreds of smells. <laughs> I got um that thing that's on top of the album cleaner. It was these like box of like essential oils. Yeah, she I, has like I've been just sitting in a closet for years and then my mom actually got that diffuser for us and we had it in the house and then we realized we just got kittens. Well, not just, they're they're like nine months old now. Yeah. But we heard the essential oils like can kill them or can fuck with them or whatever if they breathe it in. Yeah. So I brought it here and then I had that thing that had been sitting forever and I've been... I didn't turn it on this morning, but it's been smelling like sandalwood and shit in here, and it's all peaceful and nice. And- uh, she got she got me taking bath with essential oils, really, because I'm not a big medicine person. Okay, like even your common Tylenol. Yeah, I don't like taking any of them, mm. and I got I got real bad scoliosis in the back, okay. and she puts the, she puts this drop there, this drop there, this drop here, shakes it all up. Yeah. She goes, go ahead, take a bath. And yeah. I feel like I just came out of like the chamber of like Captain America. No shit. Like, you uh, know, when he goes yeah. in and becomes yeah, Captain yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Jesus. I come out there. My allergies are gone. My back feels like I'm 21 again. Yeah. That's And great. then I'm like, Oh, what? witchcraft did you just yeah do? right right did you fuck around with like cbd and shit at all yeah like the um we i have the ooh, super i have the lotion yeah like a topical yeah. type of thing yeah yeah i got um they should just legalize weed in here i know great uh, hopefully we're on our way hopefully we'll see i don't know because i think a lot of people need to smoke weed because they are too edgy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i uh yeah I don't know. We we it's like all of it's like weird to me now. I've like I used to be like 
I'm not knocking it at all. I used to be like so about that life in every aspect of the term, you know. And then I took a break for a while, and I like came back at it with a, a, a different perspective. And I remember at the time when I was, you know, taking dabs and all that shit, I had some older friends who were like, you know, I just take a toke here and there, and I'm fine. And I was like, that's fucking dumb. But now, <laughs> like later yeah. in life, I'm like, I got a one hitter here. Yeah, just toke. I yeah, I got cool. the uh, you know what I mean? the oil pen. Mm, yeah, yeah, those are great and for like. I think it's out and about when you're younger. It's almost like alcohol. Like even yeah. now, I don't drink to get smashed. Yeah, I drink yeah. to just feel the buzz and yeah. feel good. Yeah, I guess when you grow up with the medicine, you look at it different. Like right. I, I look at it now as I got bad allergies, so right. I take a couple hits and it calms my allergies the yeah. hell down. Or yeah. it's a pain reliever to me. Right, it's not. Right. A recreational just drug yeah like it's, it's like a actually tool. helping yeah as long as you don't abuse it that's like it's like everything man. yeah pretty much it's like time time yeah you know i mean it's a lot safer for your body than alcohol so yeah i know i've been drinking uh drinking a lot less lately but i uh yeah i don't know i like to uh, like like solo rage here like I'll be like making beats. Well, I I still have it like in my head, and it's it's a wrong thought. I know it is, but I still believe in it somehow or another. Where like I'll be working on um, like this album. Um, it's like house music and shit. And I love I'm, house like, music. Yeah, I, I'll have to play you something. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It's fucking. It's all in various stages of done. But I'm like in my mind. I'm like, whoa. Like I want to know what it would feel like if I was like lit listening to this. So like yeah. I better get real fucked up Dumb. when I make this, man. <laughs> so I'll, I'll drink like a shit ton of beers or get a bottle up here or whatever, and then like I'll be here by myself on like a Friday night at like two in the morning, and the lights are all changing colors and shit. And I'm having the fucking time of my life. And then I come in the next day and I listen to it, and it's actually good. And then it fucks me up. So I'm like, you know. That's probably not not a good, not a great thing. But then there's the thing. adverse side of it where it's like I come here at like six in the morning, drink a coffee, and get it done. You know. I remember when I actually had my recording studio. Yeah. And I we were working on a project called Project X. It was about seven of us. Okay. Um. Actually, you inter- you interviewed Dots. He was part of the group. Yes. And great guy. We sat in the studio for 24 hours a day for like two months. And I could guarantee you at least 60% of that was being drunk, working on music. And I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, nope. (laughs) So I got rid of my studio because to me, it was affecting my artist side. Yeah. Yeah. And... Even though I would love to get back to doing it again, maybe once I fully, I kind of retired from actually doing full-fledged albums, and I'll drop a song maybe here and there. Yeah. Uh, nobody really wants to hear a 40-year-old rapper. I mean, I guess unless you're Jay-Z or DMX. Nah, man, fuck that. Make the but music is always a part yeah. of me. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? Yeah. I keep telling everybody, this, ta- this is not a tattoo, it's a birthmark. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And... Can't see it from here. Yeah. Oh, dope. So, it'll always be a part of me. I would always write music. I would always do it. But at that point when I really was trying to be an artist, recording myself and then writing and doing all that stuff was just too conflicting. Mm. And then artists would come to me because at that point we didn't have a lot of studios in the city. Right. Um, We had, what, Mike and Mix and 
Eye for an Eye Productions and a few people here and there. But then I would record. I had maybe 10, 15 artists that I was recording. Mm. I recorded probably almost every person in the city that's yeah. my age, around yeah, yeah. my age. And then it got in the way of me being lyrican. Right. And then once I did that is when my career actually took off. I signed with uh, an indie label outside of Harrisburg called Sick Line. Um, I got a lot of, when I signed with them, I pushed a lot. And I let I left the label, but I'm still great friends with the owner of the label. Yeah. Um, we call each other twins because at that point, we would battle anybody. We didn't yeah. care who you were. We didn't yeah. care what it was. We just, you rap, I rap. All right, yeah. let see who's better. That's dope. And then yeah. at the end of the day, if you beat me or I beat you, all right, let's go have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's when it was fun. Right, right. I left them and then I went on my own. Uh, started doing a lot of stuff with really, really great friend of mine, Booski. Uh, we started uh, Magnificent Records. Okay. Based off the Cannabis song. Okay. Cannabis was one of my favorite. Dude, I'm not hip, man. Cannabis, man? You need it. If <laughs> that, that. Yeah, no, I'm not hip. Cannabis is. Uh, or maybe I, like, I am and I don't know the. I'll write it down. Yeah. There's so many artists, man. I'm always like, I know a lot, but you don't know everything. Yeah, he he's he's a uh, cannabis is a um, he actually went to school to be a scientist. Then he worked for the military, but his vocabulary is by far like he's like a human dictionary. Yeah, yeah. And but his punchlines were crazy. He's they say he beat LL Cool J, and LL Cool J said he beat him. But you know he's on that record with uh, LL Method Man. Uh, DMX, cannabis, Mike Geronimo. Fucking... Damn, he had that. He had that record out uh, called Second Round Knockout with uh, Mike Tyson talking shit on it. Dude, I'm sure I've heard. It. I, just, I probably fucking, as soon as yeah, you hear it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, when I started working with him, he was more of a. If you, he was like a, he rapped like Biggie. Yeah, okay. um, my friend Booski, and I'm like, yo, you got, you got something. Yeah, and I started pushing him more than I was pushing myself, mm-hmm. and then uh, that turned into me and him just doing stuff together. Like we we just not too long ago did uh, Fat Joe in York. Okay, cool. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then we both became family men. Yeah. Um, he got his wife. I got my wife now, and we got kids. So. We're not as rambunctious as we used to be, yeah, but, yeah. you know. Still so, making music, though. Oh, uh, we still make music. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I have a question for you, Mr. Music Man. What's Do up? you think the album is dead? The album, like, conceptually? Yeah. Because of what, streaming? Yeah. I mean, I guess it comes back to what you were saying earlier. Like, the people that are, like, there for the music, the people that go out there and buy records, the people that do, like, reviews and they're, like, you know, listen to it as one body to, I'd say to the masses, yeah. But I also think like, it's the artists like, in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, not to cut you off, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. I feel like the the people that are really, really, really into music, I feel like that now, because it's more accessible, is like a larger audience, mm-hmm. where before it was like, there's general music, and then there's the people that are like really, really into shit. And it's still like that, like, you know what I mean? There's more people that just 
to their fucking life and enjoy music. But like the music lovers and the people that are really, really into it that will listen to something like conceptually or whatever. I feel like it's just, just a larger group of them now. Yeah. So like with that ratio, is the album dead in general? I think so. But I think it's not a waste of time to make an album and put time behind it. Although when you put it up on Apple Music or whatever the fuck, like, you know, it's or Spotify and all that shit, like, you're still gonna have people that are just gonna individually play those songs. Yeah. There's certain artists that I can that I would rather have a whole album from. Yeah. Like J. Cole's one of them. Mm. J. Cole, I can listen from first record to the last record every time I listen. Because it's one big story. Right. Uh, There's certain artists that I would rather have one song. <laughs> so, it, like, it, to me, it all depends on the artist in general. Yeah. Like, I can't hear a whole album of Rick Ross, but I love Rick Ross. Mm. But... Yeah, I see what you're saying. Royce to five nine, I could listen to a whole album. I guess like genre wise yeah. too. Like I would It's interesting. I guess like like I heard a an album recently that was described as cohesive. But all the songs when I think cohesive, I think like like fucking Pink Floyd and shit where like every song like goes into yeah. the other song and it's all whatever whatever but with hip-hop and rap for whatever reason like i've heard songs that are like that or albums that are like that for sure but i don't know there's this like weird disconnect i miss skits and albums yeah i i just saw a uh <laughs> there was a um a music video that actually came out today that it's not really like a skit but there's like stuff that happens before the video starts and i love that shit yeah you know? i remember putting skits together for albums and all right we need this type of sound all right come to the mic yeah yeah and, and do something weird Some to make the sound work. effects yeah. and then like it was i miss those days of actually skits and albums yeah it's like uh just adding to the overall experience you know what i mean especially when you go into like storytelling records and stuff you yeah. know to have like a scene play out you know yeah i agree uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's not, I think it's more of a generational generational thing too. Like yeah. certain generations love whole albums, love yeah. the whole picture of an album. Like right, right, that's right. why Nas is probably one of everybody's favorite right. because, or Jay, because they paint whole pictures. Right, right. And then you got like your Nas X's and all these other guys right. that I probably can't mention. Right, right. That have hit records right. that are dope that you can listen to, but. You don't want to hear a whole album of them. I think it's like, I mean, I can't, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the concept of, I know there was always like singles and stuff or whatever, but uh, it's like you make an album and there's, it's almost like, there's like filler songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you're really, you're just getting those like, those, those hits and then there's these other songs on it. But if you could strive as the artist, whoever you are, whatever, you know, just conceptually. To like all of the songs are gonna be, you know, yeah. You fantastic. would have like two good songs on a twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember those days. That's know. back when uh, singles and ringtones were. Dude, you have to make a ringtone record. Ringtones. Now I feel like you could almost like uh, draw a comparison to like TikTok. Yeah, with like ringtones. You gotta have you know a dance routine like for every minute. damn song. You know what I mean? You need a minute or. 30 seconds or whatever of something extremely catchy which you could also then kind of 
draw a comparison to to like hooks and and choruses and whatever kind of you know what i mean like that draw you in bit but then you can use that as the thing that sells the song that sells the well i think the record or older you get your attention span gets bigger yeah, yeah so when yeah. you're younger like didn't lincoln park do a whole album where every song was like under two minutes I'm sure they did. Or like two, two minutes and 30 seconds because yeah. like the human attention span is Probably. so short. That sounds like Linkin Park would do yeah. that. They're great. I love them. I, I have a um, a real big problem with attention spans in music. Like I would really like to flush out some ideas like a back again to this house record or whatever. There's a song somewhere in there that is like eight minutes long. And it's got, like, not a lot going on for the first, like, two minutes because it's really, like, focusing on, like, a couple different elements. Yeah. And it's, like, I'm conflicted because when it comes to, like, house music and shit, it's, like, you can kind of get away with that. You know? You could have something repeating for Mad Long or you could have this whatever and little subtle things with that whatever. But I would love to see, um, I know it's it's maybe, it's not that it's not possible, you know, especially now with streaming and, and data on phones or whatever you could have nobody's really like taking up a bunch of time you know it's not like you can only store a hundred songs on your phone it exists maybe in the cloud or whatever but i'd like to see longer songs again i agree that's just a personal well like my like i told you my one of my favorite artists was joe button he loved long records yeah he got a song called dreams that's like seven minutes long yeah yeah (laughs) and i'd listen to all every second of it yeah but I, I enjoyed instrumentals. I think producers need to be artists, too. Mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed uh, Macklemore. Yeah. Uh, he would always let his producer do a record yeah. without him even rapping on it. Yeah. And to be right in the middle of the album and the beats would change up and do this and do that. Yeah. And it'd be an eight-minute just instrumental track. And I always thought those were wonderful. Yeah. I like I like that, and I also like acapellas. Mm-hmm. You know, Macklemore's weird one though. He got like so much shit, and I, I when I first heard whatever that one song that blew up, I was like, "This sucks." Um, but then my my girlfriend's from out. He's from like the Pacific Northwest, I believe. Yeah, or something he's from like that. Word, and she yeah. was like, "Yo, Macklemore has some songs you should hear that I think you would like." Yeah. I was like, "All right, whatever." And then he played a he did a feature on. Um, this guy Travis Thompson, young young dude, also out in that world, that just I fucking I fucked with so hard. This dude's the sound of his voice, Travis Thompson. Big shout out. Would love to work with you someday. When I saw that KRS One did a record with Macklemore, no shit. I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to revisit this. Yeah. My fr- great friend of mine, Jay Wise from New York. Um, you should check him out too. He's dope. Jay Wise. Jay Wise. Write it down. Um. He uh he put me on a Macklemore, and when I seen Karis, when I'm like, all right, Karis one doesn't do music for a lot of people, right? right. So when I actually heard Macklemore actually spit, spit, yeah, not the thrift shop or right, the same right, right. songs or like his actual rap songs, I'm yeah. like, yo, yeah. he's actually dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprised the hell out of me. I tell you that. I feel like I mean, I get it though. It's like pop music is popular music is accessible and especially now with like technology and stuff you can like really like you can make a song that like you know it's gonna do good based off of these factors or whatever the fuck or 
I mean, at least that's the theory behind like some of the K-pop stuff. I've learned from Nas that you shouldn't always judge somebody yeah. by their pop record. Yeah, yeah. He had that horrible song yeah. with Genuine. Yeah. But 99% of his catalog is for the street and underground. Yeah. So yeah. like... And then that's right, got, yeah, that's what I was getting at. I mean, it's like... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's the whole judge the book by its cover right, situation. Right. right. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Thanks for the lesson, Nas. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Do you ever get into Big L? Big L. Yeah. <laughs> Big L was a beast. Dude, I, think, I, uh, I think he bodied Jay-Z on that freestyle yeah. that they had against each other. I My only problem with it is it doesn't hold up that well with some of his lyrical content. Yeah. Very, very homophobic. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> like, I was listening to this yeah. song the other day, and... I mean, but if you think about it, at that time, that was... That yeah. was the oh yeah, do. I mean fucking Eddie Murphy. Oh yeah, all his specials. You can say half the stuff. Yeah, half the stuff now that you could say back then. Right, right. Yeah, it's weird how that. I, w- I wonder how it's all gonna go with PC and censorship and and. Uh, I don't think you should censor censor art in any way. No, because it's art. I don't think they should censor TV either because some no. of that. Yeah. Like my favorite TV show is The Office still to this day. Oh, word. I've rewatched that thing. You ever been to Scranton? Uh, yeah. Did you like it? I haven't gone to the place. I've did, I used to work for a moving company and we were gotcha. out there. but I've been to Scranton a couple times. Um, Weird town. Some of the stuff, some of the jokes on there they couldn't say now. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. And I'm like, that's probably why it wouldn't work and that's probably why we don't have no creativity anymore on TV shows. Right. That's why it was like remaking everything so everyone's scared yeah. to push the boundaries. Yeah. 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 But then you look at like stand up and shit. Yeah. And there's definitely it's in that world, but then you have, you know, like you know, Chappelle or whatever that says whatever the fuck he wants and it's great. You know. Or at least I don't know. I'm a yeah, big I, fan I, of stand up. Oh, uh, I love stand ups. Me and my wife will watch stand ups all the time. Who who's like your Who's your top? I love. Whatever. I'm a big Chappelle fan. I was a big uh, George Lopez fan. Yeah. My wife loves Kevin Hart. Yeah. Um, I like. Uh, I used to love Carlos Mencia. To that whole him stealing joke thing yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Which God knows what happened with that. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm pretty sure they all bite from each other one way or another. Yeah. I don't know. Rappers do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard too to be like, like a concept. Like we're, if we're both in the same room and we like experience the same thing and then we write a joke about it but don't talk about it, yeah, you know what I mean. It's possible. It happens all the time with songs and lyrics. And I wrote a song once, <laughs> like it was so weird. Uh, I, like had the it was really just a melody, and I was like, this sounds so good. It's so great. I like this song a lot. And then I heard, um, I heard like the melody somewhere, and I was like, I had been <laughs> listening to it me. so long. I was like, that's so fucked up. Somebody like. Or I put the I put the song out actually, and it was like that's crazy. Somebody used the same melody. I should look into legal stuff. And then it was funny because like luckily the beat didn't sell or really do it much. Um, most likely because it was basically the rip of this other song. Yeah, but it was in. Um, I saw it was credited on like it was a from on the soundtrack from the color purple and I was like that's fucking crazy like they stole my beat <laughs> uh, and this was like it was all within like a 24 hour like delusional period of being like wow like I, I'm I need to get in contact with a lawyer and all that and then I was like holy shit like 
I just I really dropped the ball on that. Like yeah. for whatever reason, I wasn't thinking of it. I've never seen the movie. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I never heard the song. Clearly, I did somewhere. You know what I mean? But somehow, some way, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I've done I've done that too, topic wise yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. So, but is everybody? I just think it's a point where everybody experiences the same thing in their own different way. So, yeah. true. you know, true. Yeah. Everybody's got to heal some way. True, man. That's a fucking beautiful way to segue the end of this podcast. We got some good time here, man. Is there anything that you like specifically want to talk about before we wrap this up? No, not really. I love. I'm feeling the feng shui at this place. I like the fact that you revamped it out. Got this plus size mannequin. Yeah, with the V for Vendetta mask. Hell yeah, it's an OG one too. Looks like it's out. winking at me. It's kind of scary. It's fucking terrifying. When I go like on vacation or whatever, besides having like actual security indoors and whatever the fuck, yeah. I put the mannequin like up near the front of the door. I shouldn't put that on the podcast. I, uh, <laughs> That'd I be fucking, funny. Yeah. <laughs> dude, but you know what's hilarious is every single fucking time. Cause I'm always like, my thought process is like, if somebody gets through all the doors and all the whatever the fuck, they're going to see this and be like, ah, you know, and maybe yeah. that'll help somehow, which is, it's a dumb thought. But I forget about it every single time. So why does your mannequin have heels but no shoes? I don't know. <laughs> It's like a, I'm not sure. I got it from uh, this girl that was like learning how to do clothing design or, or something like that. And she didn't yeah. want it. And I bought it for like 25 bucks. Uh, and I was thinking about reselling it because they're actually worth like a couple bucks. But uh, my girlfriend and I were going to paint it and have it be this like art piece similar to that head that's over there. It's kind of creepy when you start realizing there's a bunch of mannequin parts in the studio. I uh, just now noticed um, that. I feel like you're that kid from Toy Story. Yeah, it's 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 probably it's weird. Yeah. Um, but we were gonna paint this because I was like, yo, that'd be sick to have it. I could like put jackets on it, whatever the fuck, um, as like a coat rack, but it'll be an art piece. But then that painting or like that thing took a ton of fucking paint to make it happen. It was very expensive in paint. So I was like, yo, like. That head is not even the same size as like one of these legs, like you know what I mean, like drip painting, like a fucking yeah. six foot mannequin, like or five whatever, like so it's been it, it just it's been sitting here for years. <laughs> Ironically enough, I have a mannequin too at home. No shit, <laughs> I just had the the top because I I think it was last year, yeah, or the year before, Adam was doing a benefit. Okay. Um, we had to paint these mannequins and they were selling them for breast cancer. Dope. So I had a dope idea. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to go to the comic book store and buy all female superheroes. Yeah. And like decoupage them on and then add some color on top of it and do yeah. like some superhero empowerment for women. And then life got in the way and I never got to even work on it. And now you just got the, I got the body sitting the there bust. about to just donate it to here to your, uh, I don't know if I can take Weird, any more mannequin uh, heads. No, it's just a <laughs> torso. It's just the torso? Yeah. No legs? No, just the torso. Oh, got you. So is it a... a it has eye-bino breastuses. It's a female yes. Uh, mannequin? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know if... I feel like one mannequin... Actually, you got one there's mannequin another, and there's two, two heads. You got one bling-bling head and one... It's a mask, uh, actually. Evil... Oh. Shout out to Bradley Douglas Jordan of Couture Masks. Picked that bad boy up a couple of years ago at a birthday party. Oh. It's you, fire. You going to be a luchador wrestler? No, I just, uh, I thought it would be a cool mask to uh, have or whatever as an investment. 
And then he started styling like Cardi B and like all these other people with these crazy masks. And there I was like, well, maybe this mask will be worth some money someday. That's a good story. So far, yeah. it's not, but it's pretty cool. It's a good uh, icebreaker. Yeah. Good like, story hey, welcome piece. Welcome to my studio. Fucking look at this. Look at this mask. mask. It's comfy, too, and you can see through it. Oh, yeah. But I figure if I ever got to do any like weird fetish shows or whatever, I'll be Well, if you ever get in the mood, you can turn the lights out, make beats, and put it on. I have. <laughs> there's a there's a video of real sober, super sober. A buddy of mine was sitting behind me with this like broken electric guitar and a fucking violin bow making like really fucking weird noises on it. And I was like making some really fucked up beats and I was just wearing the mask and neither of us were like moving. And it's on like TikTok or some shit. It's oh, great. I just got into TikTok. I was <laughs> really into it and then I'm, I was like oh this shit's probably not good for your like your phone and whatever the fuck it, fell into that got rid of it yeah. and then whatever re-downloaded it and now I'm like I'm fully into like stock TikTok and shit I've been learning like all this information like my wife learns the DIY stuff on there I post my uh my animation graphic design covers Word. on there and then dude I'll like, follow you oh I love this I love this yeah I do a lot. I'm a huge Eagle fan so yeah okay we suck balls this year yeah. so it's okay but I don't really know a lot about sports but uh, but I put like sports. I do designs for uh, Eagle Zone Nation okay. in uh, Philly. There's okay. a big blog that they have down there, Word. and I do a lot of animation covers for that. And I put that up there, and I get my Eagles fans. And then you know you get the couple other teams that don't like the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, this is pretty cool, but you know, yeah, shouldn't be the Eagles. And dude, I gotta check it out, man. Yeah, yeah. Design, have, uh, baby, design, Mister Design, at Mister Design on Instagram on. TikTok on the tickety tickety talk. Dope. That's where the people can find you. Yeah. All that gets social. You got music out in the world that people can find. Yeah, I'm on all streaming platforms. Uh, Lyrican, L Y R I C A N. Um, I dropped an album about a year ago called Man on the Moon. Dope. Um, I love space. I wish I was an alien. (laughs) Um, dope record. Uh, Got Ralph Rill on there, my boy Paul Anthony on there, uh, my brother uh, Booski's on there, Jarrell, D-Burner, Coney Island. Word. I did a lot of features on that one for first time ever. Dope, dude. I'd lo- I just love collaborating. Lately. Maybe we'll use one of the songs as the intro if you're with Yeah, I'll, s- I'll, send you a- I'll send you one. Dope. I got a really good one for that. It's actually with Paul Anthony called Know My Name. It's I want to meet him. Dope. Everyone, his name keeps popping up recently. Yeah, I meet him. We have a very weird story. We didn't like each other at first, and then because yeah. you know rappers always don't like other rappers yeah, when you're first yeah. starting out, when you're young and stupid. Yeah, and the dude's amazing artist. He's an amazing, amazing artist. I like Paul Anthony and his other persona bars. I'm not. That's his rapper side. Okay, and when he combines them both, is when he makes the best shit ever. I've heard, uh, I've heard a couple of his songs. Some I stuff with Corio, I believe. Yeah, Corio's amazing yeah, too. He's a good guy. When I did uh, Sugar Hill, yeah. the one time I brought Voice and Bars, Dope. and they uh, they tried to steal the show from me <laughs> <laughs> with their sexy female f- songs, and yeah. I felt like I needed to go back on stage with Baby Oil on my chest <laughs> or some shit. Damn, fucking Paul Anthony, yeah, stealing my shit <laughs> on stage. <laughs> like that's kind of my spotlight there, buddy. 
No, nah, he's up. an amazing artist. Hell yeah. Amazing talent. We'll have to get together sometime. No, oh, yeah. But dude, I want to say thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. It was great. Getting Even though I was late, you know, Puerto Ricans are all good. always late. I got half of a song done, so that's good. Well, that's good. Hell yeah. But dude, thanks, man. Yes, sir. It's over now. <laughs> Peace out. <All> right. <laughs> he said, it's over now. It's always like the best way to end it.